This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. All right, welcome back to Main Corpse. We're sitting in a hallway of a school right now. Um, and we're about to very try. Much like I'm in high school I know, again. it really feels like I'm in high school right now. Uh, even the people giving me weird looks, that tracks as well. It does. Um, all right, so today we're going to try um, two different places. We're going to try the Kobe Fusion Asian food restaurant that has a food truck that's parked right out here. We got the cheese wontons, um, and we got the teriyaki bowl with noodles. All right, because we could have gotten rice. I am in a noodle mood because I saw... A this. noodle mood. I am. I'm in a noodle mood. And let me explain why before you judge me. All right? The judgmental look was bothering me a little bit. Okay. Was it? So okay. <laughs> I watched this show where a guy um, recreates. It's called Townsend and Son. That's it. We're going to tag them in this. And they try restaurants... Or not restaurants. They try food recipes from the 1700s. Michael's probably watched them before. I'm sure he has. And he made... Um, noodles using uh, mm. using like a super early recipe, and he made uh, Asian food with it the way it would have been made back then, or the way the the way early Americans could have made it. It was really interesting, so it got me in the mood for this. Um, so that's what I Noodle got. Mood. All right, and then can you explain the uh, the fish eggs in the bottom of this cup? Okay, first of all, first of all, it is boba. Okay, which are tapioca pearls. Okay, that's. Disgusting, but okay. You're disgusting. No. All right. And then, <laughs> so I got one. I made my own mix. It's lavender and strawberry. Okay. And then the other one is one of their house blends, and it has like pineapple and coconut, and right. I will get the actual name for so that. Here in a minute, we'll suck some balls through a straw. All right. Too Next up over it. here. Um, what is this? What is this concoction? Okay. And who is it from? So this is a coffee that I grabbed from hilltop um coffee company and it is called good morning appalachia and okay. i don't know what's in it i don't it know how amazing. it tastes i said what's your best thing and i got a cup with this all right so um i'm gonna start with the wontons because they look excellent and i'm gonna try this uh this cream sauce it came with you said it's yum yum sauce is that what I, you said it looks like yum yum okay, sauce. i'm gonna try, I'm gonna try, it, try it with the uh, sweet chili sauce Okay, if you guys remember back to the episode where I was going to um, crunch a cannoli, that's mm -hmm. the sound I was looking for. Yeah, the exploding cannoli episode that keeps coming back. It's never going to stop until I, I do something equally I have cannoli in my stupid. hair because you tried to break a cannoli in half. It was amazing. I tried to be cool, and that's what happens right, when you so try. The yum yum sauce is amazing. Let's try this chili sauce. This is fantastic. That is really good. Brittany's standing here judging us right now. No, it's because um, I want food. The sweet chili sauce, you're going to die. Um, all right, so now let's dig into this uh, teriyaki. Okay, the flavor on the chicken is awesome. The sauce is really good. Mm -hmm. I'm going for vegetables. I'm going straight for noodles. I couldn't find the noodles. Mm. The chicken itself, very sweet, very well flavored. The noodles are salty and delicious. They Everything are... in this is really fantastic, and yeah. the flavors are really cohesive, but... This is what I always look for in something. Mm -hmm. Each one of these things can stand on its own, and it Correct. is fabulous. And when you have it all together, it's magic. It um, really is. Like, I, well done. I'm jealous of all the friends we're making today who live around here because they get to eat this. Um, I, I'm not friends with them anymore. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, shame on them for existing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm so excited for boba. And they're standing right here and they're taking offense to that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what flavor is this one? It's pineapple and coconut. Okay, pineapple, coconut. Oh, that's so good. Do you like pina coladas? Nope. All mine. I think it is made very well. Oh. I can't wait for you to try this next one. Those tapioca balls are just throwing me way off. They're slimy and they're chewy and they won't go away when I chew them. I almost right. want to say that this has durian in it. Do you love it? Yeah. Okay. What is this one? Um, I put strawberry and lavender in that one. The flavor is amazing. Again? You can get the milk tea without the, the boba if you want um, to. Matt, it's It won't okay. go away. It's like sticking to my teeth to my and control. it makes me mad. All right, okay. so last but probably not least. Uh, and this is from the Hilltop Coffee Company. Yes. Correct. Okay. Oh my God, that one's good. I know. Brittany just tried uh, the other boba and she loves it. Oh okay. You know what? Great news. You're going to like this one and we each get a drink. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That is one of the best coffees I've so ever had. So I watched them tamp the espresso for this okay. and I'm so excited about it. Oh, it's quite good. Um, okay. All right. Are you ready to do this? Um, I am. So the next time you hear us, we are going to be live um, and we're going to be doing our true crime section. We have people at our table trying to learn more about us right now and we're, we're probably, we should probably get off here and go talk to them. So Kelsey, we had maybe the best Asian food I've had in a year today. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell the listeners who, if you want to find out who you're going to have to go listen. All right. Um, so we are here today at the Paranormish Con to um, present a live episode of our podcast. Um, so for those of you that don't know anything about our podcast, um, we like to cover a true crime or at least something true crime adjacent. And we like to try a local restaurant. Uh, we like to um, you know, give our review of that restaurant. And we already did that today. So we're not going to bore you with the details of what we had for lunch, but tune in to the episode when it airs and you can absolutely hear that. Um, so since this con is all about paranormal tourism in the mountain state, we've decided to give you guys something that's relatively local. And today we're going to be talking about the Glenville ghost. This was your idea. It Are was you suggested by a listener. It was. Do you remember who the listener was? Stanley. Yeah. Stanley. So thank you, Stanley. Um, if you're here today, welcome. All right. So um, in today's episode, we are going to uh, be talking a lot about the background of the Glenville ghost. And since you found your way to this convention, I'll assume that you've likely heard of the hauntings reported on and around the campus of Glenville State. Um, but I'm not certain that you've heard the true story of Sarah Louisa Lynn, also known as Sis Lynn, locally. We could debate all day. Um, the existence of ghosts, the reality of paranormal phenomena. But one thing is certain, for over a 100 years, um, the specter of the brutal murder of Sarah Lynn still looms large over the city and university of Glenville. So what do you know about Sarah? What do you know about Sis Lynn? I know that she haunts Glenville State College. That's exactly right. That's what most people know, is that Sis Lynn haunts Glenville State College. They probably don't even know that she actually existed at one point. So that's what we're going to talk about here. So our story is actually going to start way up in northern West Virginia in Fairmont um, in 1853. She was born to Robert and Sophonia Lynn. By the way, that name, Sophonia, is one of the best names I've ever heard. I, I regret Millicent now. Yeah, Sophonia is such a cool I name. I was kind of blown away when I heard that name. I was like, wow, that's that's 
super cool. Um, she was of Scotch-Irish descent and was described by most who knew her as a well-respected Christian. Um, back then, that really mattered. That was a good right? thing, right. Um, she became one of the earliest graduates of what was known then as the Glenville Normal School when she graduated in 1877. Um, at the time, the school's primary focus was preparing teachers and ele for elementary school positions and preparing other students to pursue higher education at larger universities. So it was kind of a prep school. Um, this would be uh, the, oh, sorry. Went to the wrong one. All right, during her time there, uh, she actually wrote a pretty well-known paper that I'm gonna go find, and it's about life in, um, life in Glenville and in Gilmer County prior to 1870. So I bet that paper is extraordinarily interesting um, because it's someone's own account of what life was like back then. And apparently, I can't confirm this, but apparently Glenville State um, actually has a copy of that available, which would be very interesting to go through. Um, so Sarah went on to a long, and from what I can tell, pretty illustrious teaching career. She moved all around the state, teaching in Gilmer County, Randolph County, Fairmont Graded School, um, and finally in Mingo County. She actually ended up teaching for over 27 years until she retired in 1905. You're going to love the reason she retired, Kelsey. We're going to so get excited. to that here in just a moment. Uh, but she ended up teaching for over 27 years and retired in 1905. And in that year, she also took up permanent residence in Glenville. She came back to where she had gone to school. Okay. Um, and she bought a house not too far from Glenville Normal School. And this would be the same location where she would meet her fate 14 years later. Okay. All right. So 1905 also marks the year that she married I.L. Chrisman. At the time, the prevalent belief was that married women should not teach. So this is why she retired. I hate you. I thought you would like that. You're the worst is what you um, So yeah, she retired in 1905 because married women should not teach. Super. So someone gave up 27 years um, as an educator. For a man. For Disgusting. a man. Well, let's go over that because that's going to get very interesting. So again, her marrying I.L. Chrisman is the likely cause of her early retirement from teaching. Um, according to court documents from the time, Sarah claimed that her husband abandoned her after only six months of marriage. Shut for, up. quote, no reason. Yeah. She retired from teaching yes. for this sack of nothing? Yeah, she retires from teaching in 1905. Um, and moves, then six months later, this man leaves her? just takes right off. How about that? Um, yeah, and, and literally, they, they're That's claiming the crime. that the court documents literally said he left her for no reason at all. That's the real crime here. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'd like to know a reason if y'all can come up with one. Yeah. Um, so while she claimed not to know why he left, it is stated in those same documents that he left in December of 1905. She filed for divorce um, about three years later in 1909, and the divorce was granted. And in an extremely odd turn of events for the time, she was granted permission by the court to take back her maiden name. 
Oh, that's that's surprisingly yeah, progressive. Yeah, that is that is shocking that that happened in a West Virginia county in uh, the early 1900s. So she actually went back to using um, her maiden name of Sarah Lynn. Good for her. He was yeah. a loser. Yeah, he definitely feels like a loser to me. Yeah, and you're gonna find out she's pretty cool. Sis Lynn was right. she was cool, guys. I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell you that she was pretty badass. All right, so. There isn't much known about Sarah and what was what she was doing for a living between the years of 1905 and 1919, but it's widely believed that she may have run a boarding school for girls out of her home. This is generally cited as the most likely possibility, mainly due to her connection um, with the Glenville Normal School and her home's close proximity to campus. Um, some also say that she started making and selling illegal homemade wine. I love her. Yeah. Sis Lynn was a badass. Um, she was super cool. She was selling wine out of her house when her husband left her. Took um, her own name back. Took her own name back and just started doing her own thing. Um, so again, to to just take her and make her the Glenville ghost is a crime to me. It's a crime. I agree. Um, let's jump more into a little bit about her uh, because this is where things get really, really interesting. So there were no, there was never any documentation found supporting that she made and sold homemade wine um, or illegal wine out of her house. Because she was too smart, Because right? she was too smart, right? right? She went for 14 years, like, bootlegging, and everyone was like, yeah, do your thing, girl. Um, it was pretty cool. Um, so I'm, I'm all about it. Um, but court documents from the time of her death indicate that she owned considerable property um, and considerable wealth that was under her name. So a teacher, even teaching for 27 years in the 1800s, would not have had the amount of wealth that she had. So where did it come from? There's an alarm going off right now. So if you guys hear that, we're recording right now. So um, of course there's an alarm going off. We're going to fight through it, though. All right. <laughs> I talk over you all the time, so I can it's do true. this. It's you know true. It's I mean? true. You do a great job. All right. Yeah, again, where did all of her money come from? That seems really odd to me. To me, that supports the homemade wine thing. It um, does. Yeah, she was walking around Glenville peddling wine to everybody. Um, all right. So in February of 1919, some residents of Glenville became alarmed. <laughs> became alarmed. Um, Pause for laughter. <laughs> when... This is what you get when you try to record live. All right. Uh, became alarmed when no one had seen her or heard from her for a few days. Now, this is where this story gets really odd to me. Um, so Sarah goes missing for a few days. And then suddenly the following people put together a search party to go to her house and look for her. They're like, we all have to go together, get the whole town together. Let's do this. Because it was Howard Brennan of the Glenville Banking Trust Company. Fred Lewis, the mayor of Glenville at the time, H.L. Ewing and his wife, Laura, who were apparently business owners, and somebody else named F.N. Hayes. And every time I hear that, I think F.N. Hayes. Oh, F.N. Hayes. F.N. Hayes. Um, I hope people made fun of his name. Me too. Um, that would be cool if they did that. They would have made fun um, of it. Probably. For something more old-timey than Correct. that. I'm sorry. So they all came together to her house, <laughs> like... I think you would notice an odd party, including the mayor, just walking through the streets of Glenville to Sarah's house. Um, but they all arrived um, and started shining flashlights through the downstairs window and discovered overturned chairs, an upset table, and papers strewn all over the floor. 
Um, They made their way around the back of her house and discovered the back door was open. And when they entered, they discovered the body of Sarah Lynn. (laughs) I'm sorry. Between the beeps and the alarms, I can't stay serious. I love love it. Um, (laughs) If you would like to listen to more of our podcast, this is every episode. This is what it's like. Minus the alarms for the most part. (laughs) There's some. There's some. 65-year-old Sarah was found there um, beaten to death in her bedroom. What is described as a bloody seasoned club was found near her body. Now, here's where I'm going to pause. Do any of you guys know what a seasoned club is? Yeah, so you take a club and you find every spice in your cabinet. Yeah, and you don't You lather it up with butter. Can I tell you what I thought of? Oh, no, I hate this. As soon as I read that, I was like, they found a club sandwich in her room? Like, what does... How do you kill someone with... I maybe it's well it's well used maybe that's what they meant it was it was well used uh, I don't know um, but they describe it as a seasoned club and in my juvenile brain I told you old timey I immediately went to like turkey bacon tomato lettuce and someone tried to beat someone to death with it it was like I give up um, you know what if a sock full of oranges doesn't leave bruises you know <laughs> cut that out please um all right absolutely please don't Um, i'm very funny i said something down in the hallway earlier today that went over well with everyone down there all right i won't go back into that all right so um again um they found a bloody club near her body none of her valuables were taken um, her family went through everything. The people who knew her the most went through it. Nothing was taken from her house, which immediately raised suspicion that they were dealing with something more than just a random murder. Um, on February 20th, um, the Glenville Democrat had a headline proclaiming that the murder was, quote, the foulest, most bloodthirsty crime ever perpetrated in Gilmer County. Um, I want a copy of that to put on my wall because that's badass. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, whoever did that, Whoever wrote that, I'm like, you guys are after my heart. You know, there are some old-timey, like, headlines that are just outstanding so, like that. So I'm I'm from Grafton. Anyone, you guys know where Grafton, West Virginia is? So I'm from Grafton, and one time we had a small rash of crimes, and our local newspaper, the headline literally said, Grafton or Gotham, question mark. And I was like, <laughs> listen, man, some guy on some pills held up the... The, the circle K, it's not, it's okay. Um, I immediately wanted to become the Batman of Grafton, though. I thought that would be... Oh, thank God you didn't show that like, to my husband. Yeah, he would have. I he know. Been, yeah, he would have gotten out that literal Batman mask he has and gone and done it. Be awfully hard for him to find it. Oh, did you throw that away? Don't worry about it. Michael, don't listen to Keep this. Keep going. All right. So, um... Yeah, amazing headline, amazing stuff. So after investigation, it was believed that the crime was premeditated. I could not find any information that explained what led them to that belief. Um, but one popular theory that was floating around at the time seemed to stem from the rumor that she was making and distributing illegal homemade wine. Some thought that she might have angered the wrong people and they simply murdered her. She was pretty ballsy, it seems. It does. I mean, like, we're talking about, yeah, she was cool. She was super cool. 
In March of 1919, a reward of $3,750 was offered by Lynn Brannon, who was the administrator of her estate. The Gilmer County Court also offered an additional $1,250 for the apprehension of a murderer or murderers. Uh, for perspective, in today's dollars, that would be a reward of $91,465. So... Are they and still offering that? Because I, I can, will sh- I can I bullshit will, my way through yeah, something, I'm sure. Um, of it. We're going to blame you. Yeah, you, sure. kill, you killed Sarah Lynn. How dare you? Um, Travel back in time. <laughs> now give like me my $90,000, please. Uh, that's a ton of money back then, right? Uh, that's a lot of money. Um, ads were run and flyers were handed out all over Glenville, but in the end, no suspect was ever apprehended. And to this day, the murder of Sarah Louisa Lynn um, was never solved. Um, so let's talk a little bit about her estate, just so you guys can understand how much money she actually had. Sarah left an estate valued at nearly $10,000, which again, back then was close to $300,000. How did a 27-year retired teacher divorced retired have teacher. $300,000? <laughs> it begs the question. Um, I think that's really you know interesting. What? I think he left her because she said that she was going to start selling illegal wine as a side business. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, not not that. And she said, put up or shut up. And he just left. That's not a side hustle. You know what I mean? He it's, was upset about it. He was like, can't you just go drive for Uber or something like that? I don't know. Lift. Um, lift. Slice. Come on. <laughs> There's a ton of them now. Come on, let's do this. Um, So Sarah left an estate, like I said, valued around $10,000 and a lot near Glenville State, valued around $1,700. That was left to her by her mother. Um, The county court of Glenville received a letter from the state tax commissioner shortly after her death to get a certificate of release against her estate. They moved immediately to get this. Um, The property was then purchased by the Glenville Normal School in 1924, and they did what any self-respecting college from a slasher movie does and they constructed verona maple hall right over top of the house she was murdered in that smart move all right super definitely not directly out of a stephen king yeah so film whatever in 1926 they demolished her house built uh, verona maple hall directly over top of the site of her murder that's solid real estate so pretty much immediately, <laughs> paranormal encounters became commonplace as the stories of the brutal murder of Sarah Lynn spread like wildfire across the campus of Glenville. Um, students were shocked to find out that the school had built their residence hall literally over the very location that 65-year-old Sarah Lynn was beaten to death with a club sandwich. Um, <laughs> with a seasoned club. Um, I'm sorry. That was, I couldn't pass it up. Um, so this seems to be at the time, uh, where Sarah picked up the name Sis because every book, every article I find calls her Sis Lynn, not Sarah Lynn. Um, and they believe the nickname was actually a carryover from her time attending the school. So students who went to school with her, um, knew her as Sis and that started to kind of catch on. Um, students in Glenville claim that they can see her ghost crossing the campus from time to time. And the story holds that she shows up right around midnight every Halloween. From what I can tell, most sightings are reported around the original location of Verona Maple Hall. By the way, that was actually torn down in 1978. Um, and they replaced it with Clark Hall. So that is where the common occurrences happen is Clark Hall. 
Some of the reported occurrences range from simply strange noises to the gates of the cemetery being open uh, when they were already closed. So people would come back and the gates would be opened again. Now, could that be the wind? I don't know. But could it be raccoons? Maybe. Who knows? Um, the school's newspaper, called the Mercury, um, seemed to be a huge source for the stories that were floating around about the haunting. Um, one popular account comes from a professor who was working alone one evening when she started hearing what she describes as clanging and clashing noises coming from every direction all around her. Um, she claims to have thought to herself, is this the ghost of Sis Lin? And then the activity immediately halted. She said as soon as she thought that, it halted, everything came to a freezing stop, um, and she moved on with her evening, as wild as that sounds. Um, so as of today, uh, students and faculty still are reporting sightings of the ghost of Cislin. Um, other reported occurrences are, again, strange noises, feeling like you're being watched even when there's nobody around you, and the blinds moving on their own in the dorm without any source to move them. So they will just randomly start moving. Um, apparently, someone has videos of this. I can't source it. I would like to see them. I think it would be really interesting. Um, in one particularly chilling account, and I'm not going to lie, I read this whole account, and it made the hair stand up on my arms. Um, there's a couple who claims to have seen a large gray mass rise up from the cemetery located right behind Louise Bennett Hall and move on its own before disappearing. Um, some believe that Sarah is searching for the people who killed her and others speculate that she just wants attention. Um, those people are jerks because they don't know, you know. They don't understand They don't sis understand Lynn. sis, right? They don't get her. Um, she's not just here for attention. She sold, she's here she for a good time. She doesn't need your attention. She's a proud divorced woman. All right. Um, she doesn't need you. All right. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, man, how do you know that she just wants attention? Uh, she on TikTok? Is that what's yeah, going she's on? on the TikToks um, doing the dances. <laughs> All right. There have been several theories on the crime. The most popular theory seems to center around a rather affluent family from the area. And I'm going to be honest with you. This part's very odd to me because I cannot find any information about who they think committed the murder. You actually have to go to Glenville's campus and, and, and take out the documents that they have about this. Really? I found their whole list of documents that they have. Um, I cannot find anything on the family that they claim may have been responsible for killing Sis Lynn. The theory states that this elite family knew exactly who murdered Sis and deliberately covered it up. Unfortunately, with constraints on time, because I only have like another five minutes, um, I can't really deep dive this theory. I didn't have time to really go pull everything out at Glenville, but I think I'm definitely going to because there's more to the we'll story sure that needs to be do. covered. Yeah, um, because now I want to go to Glenville State and look around because this is crazy. I won't be able to keep deep diving this story, but um, you can find more information by checking the holdings of the Robert F. Kidd Library. Um, in the Sarah Louisa Lynn collection. They have an entire collection dedicated to the documents surrounding her death. Wild, right? Absolutely wild. So thank you guys for spending just a little bit of time with us. Uh, make sure we're down there at the bottom table. I think we've met you guys before. Um, stop by and talk to us a little bit and uh, make sure you tune in and listen to the episode. Thank you guys. Thank you.